The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about the Better Business Bureau and all the great things that they're doing in privacy And as you remember, I came back and I told you I met this wonderful woman when I was at the Poneman Institute. She has the cutest accent from Scotland, and she's bright, and she's fun, and she's just incredible. And so I asked her to be on our radio show. And so let me tell you a little bit about Frances Henderson. She's the National Director of Privacy Initiatives at the Council of Better Business Bureaus. Now, this is the umbrella organization for the whole Better Business Bureau system. She directs the BBU European Union Safe Harbor Program, which is an independent dispute resolution mechanism handling privacy complaints concerning transfers of personal data from the European Union to companies in the United States. And she also advises the Council on national and international consumer privacy issues, internet privacy, online behavioral advertising, which is a huge issue lately, and online dispute resolution. And from 2009 to 2011, she served as a U.S. private sector delegate to the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation, which you've all heard about, APEC. This is the data privacy subgroup tasked with developing cross-border privacy rules for transfer of personal data among the APEC economies. Now, before she joined the BBB in 2008, she had a career as a private lawyer, and she received her JD from the University of Minnesota Law School and an LLM from the University of Virginia Law School and an LLB from Glasgow, Scotland. She's a member of the Washington, D.C. Bar, and she is a certified information privacy professional and a customs broker, licensed customs broker. So, Francis, thank you so much for coming on the show and joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me, Mari. It's an honor to be on your show, and thank you for that very generous introduction. And it was really fun. We had a good time talking. It was great to meet you. So I always enjoy when I get to actually meet the person in person, uh, even though you're on the other side of the country. It's great. So why don't you tell our our listeners a little bit about the Council of Better Business Bureaus and the whole BBB system? 
Uh, yes, thank you. Um, well, the, the BBB system um, is actually a private sector organization, and I say that up front because uh, folks who are familiar with the BBB name uh, oftentimes think it's actually a, a governmental organization, but it's a private sector national nonprofit organization dedicated to promoting marketplace trust between consumers and businesses. Um, and there are, there are three components to the system. Um, there are 115 local BBBs, independent offices, across the United States and Canada. And among them, they administer actually over 400,000 uh, locally accredited businesses, all of which uh, pledge to uphold the BBB standards for trust. And um, we are also supported by around uh, 200 national partners, which are, you know, big name brands that um, support our national self-regulation programs. Now, the council where I work is based in Arlington, Virginia, and we are the uh, umbrella organization for the system. And we take the lead in administering national self-regulatory programs um, consistent with our core mission of, of marketplace trust. And so our programs are around issues such as advertising, privacy protection, and data security. Um, and the third uh, branch of our uh, system is um, the ASRC, the Advertising Standards Research Council, which used to be known as NARC, um, uh, the National Advertising Research Council, which is based in New York City. And they have for many years handled advertising issues within the ad industry. And they also have a very well-known kids privacy program, um, KRU, um, which, uh, which protects children's privacy on the Internet. Very well-known organization. Wow, you guys do a lot of great things. Now, I also understand that you're going to, the 2012 is the centennial of the BBB. So that's 100 years to celebrate. That's great. Uh, that's right. Um, it's hard to believe that the BBB could be that old. And, and as you can imagine, you know, over, over the, that time period, there has been enormous change that has occurred in the marketplace. And we like to say that we've gone from dealing with literally with snake oil salesmen back in those early days uh, when the BBB was founded in Texas and the first uh, BBB was stood up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, we've gone from those early beginnings in, in looking at advertising malpractice and fraud um, to today's Craigslist scams and internet phishing. And so the most massive changes that we've seen over the years have obviously been in the last 10 or 15 years as um, our, our businesses and our, and our own system has moved online. Right. So there's been a lot of changes. How has it changed with the advent of the Internet? Well, everything, everything we do from, from, uh, from our standpoint, everything that we do at Council and throughout the system now is focused around our national website uh, at bbb.org or on related sites uh, like our New York site for the Advertising um, Council. Um, so it enables us to um, uh, have a lot more national outreach, national campaigns. We produce online videos for consumers, news and tips. We blog on a variety of topics. We tweet. We have um, data security and privacy made simpler materials posted on our site for our small, medium-sized businesses, which is really our target group. 
Uh, we're able to offer webinars, and we're able to provide um, immediate consumer um, education on current topics. Um, and what we find is that a lot of scams that you see on the internet, for example, are around uh, current events like national disasters, which will attract scam artists who will come out and offer to um, uh, repair people's homes, uh, for example. And we're able to educate people about current phishing scams and ID theft, which I know is something of great interest to you, Mari. Right. Let's. We're going to give your website a couple times because I think it's great. Is that the one mm-hmm. that uh, www.council.bbb.org? Is that the one you want to give? Well, 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 that would be the council website. But our main national website, um, where you can see everything that we do, is at www.bbb.org. Okay, that's, that's even easier. Yeah, that, that, and that can take you out to any of our local BBBs, and you can search for accredited businesses there for any kind of business, and you can look at our online educational content and our program materials. Right. So what national programs does BBB have in place to promote consumer privacy protection? Well, from the very beginning, uh, um, BBB was involved in online privacy from its inception, and and you will probably remember, Mari, our online privacy seal that we had back in the the 90s and into the early 2000s. We had a couple of online seals, um, starting with our online reliability seal, which was our baseline seal. Then we moved to the online, uh, created the online privacy seal um, really at the behest of large companies and of the Commerce Department and the FTC who were interested in privacy programs that would address um, the EU safe harbor and uh, related uh, privacy issues for big companies. Um, So we created the the online privacy seal. We ran that for a number of years. But around um, 2007-2008, online commerce was so commonplace um, that um, we actually took our main uh, BBB trust mark online. And we, we observed that there was just a proliferation of, of seals out there, and it was causing a lot of customer confusion. So we folded some of our, a lot of our seals into our, our BBB trust mark. And um, so part now of our, our just BBB accredited business seal that all of our companies can post online, there is actually a privacy standard on there. So that is our baseline privacy and data security uh, program is part of our trust mark. And then in addition to that, we have a couple of specialized programs. So we have a lot of businesses dri- that drive by, even though we're at the University of California, where you know we're heard in Newport Beach and Elisa mm-hmm. Viejo and all these places that have small and large businesses. So what do they need? What do companies need to do to get that mark on their website? Well, well, basically the the, the trust marks are are handed out by the local BBBs. Um, you are accre- you're always accredited with the BBB in your local area. Um, if, you're, if you're a business that's kind of a franchise, you can actually get nationwide accreditation, but you always start with your local BBB, and there will be an application form, and they're specific to the local BBBs, but everybody has to meet our standards of trust that are on our website, and, um, and there, there is a vetting process that you will have to go through. And for, and for privacy purposes, you, know, you, you want to meet you know, baseline privacy sta- sta- standards. If you're on the Internet, you need to have an online privacy policy. Um, and really, the, the BBBs will walk you through that process as you, uh, as you apply to them. Right. So before we get into some of the details of your programs, let's talk a little bit about B- 
BBB's self-regulatory programs, and how do they mm-hmm. differ from other privacy compliance services mm-hmm. in the marketplaces? Yeah, well, for example, um, uh, lots of people right now um, offer, offer various levels of wonderful privacy compliance services. I mean, there, there are privacy seals. There's, um, there's obviously Trustee being the main one. There are many other companies in the marketplace um, offering services for online behavioral advertising and everything else. Um, very helpful to companies to assist them with their compliance. Um, BBB um, also really runs accountability programs. We are an independent accountability program provider. So we have a long history as a trusted provider that uh, cooperates with federal and state regulators as well as industry and consumers. So, for example, the FTC and state regulators use our website to link to their online resources, which are very, very good and which I recommend to everyone listening um, on a range of privacy and other um, business topics, um, but, but our site and brand is so well known that they can extend their reach due to our own brand recognition. So, um, so we are able to um, offer industry-wide accountability programs. For example, um, our children's um, uh, advertising review unit, KRU, um, surveys the entire industry. Um, uh, some providers will offer SEAL programs. In fact, we used to offer SEAL program ourselves on kids' privacy to, you know, to help verify or certify that people are meeting certain standards. But KIRU actually is a, sort of a private sector monitoring service that looks at everyone, whether or not they've got another privacy SEAL, and, um, and they will uh, try to uh, bring folks, they'll, they'll call out bad behavior, they will try to bring companies into line um, with the requirements of, of COPPA, the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, and some other advertising standards that Kiru itself has generated. Um, if they don't get a satisfactory result, they will actually go to the FTC um, uh, with that company. So um, Kiru is able to, to also sort of extend the reach of the FTC. They usually bring far more cases in any given year than the FTC can itself. Um, and that is kind of a model for some of our other programs, such as our online behavioral monitoring, uh, advertising monitoring program that works the same way. That, that's great because, you, as you know, the Federal Trade Commission just doesn't have the resources to do that. So you're really helping to keep these people in line and, and help them to be good corporate citizens. We're speak- uh, absolutely. Yeah. I was just going to introduce you again, Francis, just so if people just just came in, I want to make sure they know who you are, you wonderful person. We are speaking today with Francis Henderson, who is the National Director of Privacy Initiatives at the Council of Better Business Bureau, which is the umbrella organization for the entire BBB system. So, okay, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Francis, just want to make sure Mm -hmm. people knew who you are. No, absolutely. I was just going to say that in that the, that these monitoring programs um, are are very much appreciated by those in the industry who really do want to comply uh, with both regulatory and self-regulatory requirements. So um, we feel and they feel that that we provide a service for the entire industry by being able to monitor what's going on around the edges and and make. Uh, the industry more compliant as a whole. Right. And that that's really much more fair competition when you have the good corporate citizens doing their what they're supposed to be doing and making sure that everybody complies. So you talked before about the European Union and um, and the Safe Harbor Program. Many of my audience may not even understand what the Safe Harbor Program is. Do you think you could tell us a little bit about that and then how um, the BBB helps that to work? 
Certainly. Um, the, the, the safe harbor frameworks, and there, originally there was one with the European Union, now there's also one with Switzerland, which is outside of the European Union. They provide a mechanism um, to bridge the gaps between um, European privacy laws and U.S. privacy laws. Um, the U.S. has no comprehensive privacy legislation, and uh, for that reason, the European Union um, does not permit uh, data to personal data to be transferred to the United States without some um, guarantee that there will be compliance with their privacy, their European Union-wide privacy directive. And uh, one way to make it simple for companies to comply with those requirements um, was to create a, an agreement whereby um, companies that are members of the Safe Harbor Framework um, assert their compliance with seven safe harbor privacy principles. Um, and they also agree that they will have an independent dispute resolution mechanism uh, that will handle privacy complaints from consumers in Europe um, who claim that those principles have been violated. This program is administered by the Department of Commerce. Uh, companies that are members of the safe harbor framework must go on the official uh, Commerce Department safe harbor list. Um, and there is backup enforcement by uh, the Federal Trade Commission. So, um, so we at the BBB, we run a dispute resolution program um, for these companies. Uh, if there are privacy complaints, we first of all try to mediate them. In the event we can't mediate them, we have an in independent arbitration service um, that, will make, uh, that will make a decision um, as to whether there's been a violation, if there's remedial action that needs to be taken. And um, if there's failure to comply, which is really unheard of in our experience with our program, um, then that could, that could also be referred to the FTC as a backup regulator. That's great. I'm so glad to hear about dispute resolution since you know I've been a mediator for 26 years. Mm -hmm. So do all of those mediations take place in, in the D.C. area or where do they take place? Wherever the Well, it, it's actually it's all, done, um, it's all done either on the Internet or by telephone. Um, we, we, have an online, we have an online dispute resolution uh, mechanism. We have an online form. We have you know, a secure um, communication system by which we can communicate with the parties. Should we, should we have to, we will get online. We have language services that we can use oh. um, to communicate with folks. And what do you think in terms of, do you have any idea of what percentage resolves before it even has to go to arbitration? We've actually we've actually never had an arbitration. Oh, so every in so our program. So we 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 have mediated all of the complaints um, so far, and um, we we don't we don't necessarily get um, a high volume of of relevant complaints. And I think that is true in the safe harbor generally. I think there, you know, there's there are some uh, language barriers. It's um, European consumers, you know, may not be as well educated about it as. Um, the European Union would like them to be, but we do see increasing numbers of complaints um, uh, over time, and um, as as there are more and more companies who actually join the framework, um, the complaint volume is increasing. The education level about the program is increasing, and accordingly, we will we will see more disputes. But but, but you also, got a good track record now. <laughs> well, we do, but we also, but these, but companies who participate are are often self-selected. I mean, they are they are on the framework because they plan to comply, they want to comply. We do require that the, that there is a good faith effort 
uh, for the company and the consumer to resolve the complaint before they even come to us. Right, right. Um, and so lots of, lots of these companies have very good privacy offices that can handle those things before we even see them. Um, but we find that our companies are very responsive to questions from us. Right. So what, do you think there's some benefits also besides to the European Union? There are some uh, benefits of the safe harbor for U.S. businesses too? Yes, in, in a couple of ways. I mean, I, I would say that overall, um, the existence of the EU safe harbor framework and the, the directive um, have had an influence in um, uh, putting privacy on the front burner for a lot of companies that do business internationally. If they're going to upgrade their privacy policy for the European Union, they will often upgrade it for their American uh, customers as well. Uh, they'll have a, a better privacy focus. Um, I think we've seen a lot of um, convergence uh, beginning um, between the, the EU directive on privacy and what, what we've seen out of the FTC and the White House this year in terms of the Privacy Bill of Rights and the, um, the FTC's report and recommendations. Um, and so there's, there's been a convergence of standards. Uh, within our program, uh, a direct benefit that we see is the BBB handles complaints from all over the world against European businesses, uh, against U.S. businesses, sorry, yes. and, um, and about a variety of things, about a variety of customer service issues, including privacy. And so we, we will often get complaints into our program that um, they do not involve a company that's actually on the safe harbor, um, or the, the, the complainant is actually um, not an EU citizen. They might be from another country. They might be from a U.S. citizen. So we are able, because we have a very large online dispute resolution mechanism here at BBB, we handle a million complaints a year. Wow. We are able to write back to those consumers and offer them the opportunity to go back into our online dispute resolution system and be directed to the local BBB that will handle their complaint against that company. And it doesn't need to be a BBB member company. We will handle complaints against any company in the United States. Well, that is really great because then you bring them into the fold and help them to resolve the issues. So I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Now, what about online behavioral advertising? We hear about this all the time. What about your accountability program? Could you tell us a little bit about that? Um, certainly. Now, I'm, I'm sure many of your listeners will know that, that the um, online behavioral advertising um, is basically a way of reviewing um, activities on a, a single computer across multiple websites using various data collection tools, cookies, fingerprinting, you name it. Um, using that information to make inferences about the consumer's interest and then um, tailoring ads to, um, to that uh, putative uh, customer. Um, so the, the industry created the online behavioral advertising principles, and we were very involved in the accountability principle, um, to um, impose some order on the online behavioral advertising marketplace, uh, mostly requiring the... Um, transparency and control for consumers in the form of an, an icon, a little triangular icon that people might have seen um, on the edges of ads uh, served on the internet or at the bottom of the page on which the ad is served, um, drawing the consumer's attention to a just-in-time notice about online behavioral advertising and connecting them through to an opt-out. So yes, you can opt out of being served ads based on uh, this data collection. 
Um, so the BBB is the independent accountability mechanism for that program, for the, for the Digital Rights Alliance, which is a group of um, advertising uh, industry associations who have sponsored these principles and are running, um, are, are running the compliance end of this program. Now, there are other compliance providers out there who will assist companies in placing the icon, knowing when they need to place the icon, that kind of thing. But our program, um, run out here, here at Council, um, is actually, again, an industry-wide monitoring service, which um, with, with a technology partner that we have, we are able to monitor the Internet, see um, what ads are being served, see where data is being collected, and we send out uh, letters of inquiry to companies that we think are not complying with the principles. Um, so far, I believe uh, that system, that um, program has, has brought uh, about a dozen cases, and there are some others in the pipeline, um, and they have all been, so far, have all been administratively resolved. And the program has been um, praised, you know, by the, by the Federal Trade Commission and by the White House as a, a good example of self-regulation in this area. Right. And that uh, th when you talk about these cookies and tracking cookies, I think mm -hmm. a lot of people, like I, you used a great word, that people don't have transparency and mm -hmm. they don't know that they're being tracked. You know, they go to a website and then maybe they give their email and then they don't know that once they give their email that then some company is putting a tracking cookie and watching where they're going and what they're buying and what they're doing. And um, and so that transparency is really important. That was in that consumer privacy, uh, the White House that issued that white paper on yes, consumer privacy. Yeah, the Bill of Rights. So mm -hmm. I think it's wonderful that you're doing that and... You know, if self-regulation really works, then there won't be need for legislation. But there's always the good actors and the bad actors. And thank goodness you're going after some of those bad actors, aren't you? That's right. And and it's also a case of constantly advancing technology. Um, yes, yes. So that, you know, as you know, there, there, there are lots of issues with getting those technologies to work properly and even getting the opt-outs to work properly. And so there is a, there's a lot of discussion about do not track, about other ways of um, using browser controls that might be easier for consumers to use. But whatever, uh, but our program is, is, is technology neutral, as most of our programs are. Um, you know, as, as soon as um, the technology solutions are worked out and as soon as the industry can agree on a code of practices um, around how that, how the for example, the opt-outs are going to be used or what the defaults are going to be on the browsers, then we stand ready to uh, run a program, uh, an accountability program against those standards. Well, I think that's terrific. We're just about out of time. Why don't you give your website again so people can find out more about all these wonderful programs you have? Uh, you can find us at www.bbb.org. We hope to see you on our website. Oh, thank you so much, Francis. The, you have done a terrific job, and we know that you're going to continue to do a great job as the National Director of Privacy Initiatives at the Council of Better Business Bureaus. Francis, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. You're terrific. And thank you, Mary. I really enjoyed it today. And we will thank talk you. again soon. Bye-bye. You've, you've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And KUCI.org on the net, I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and visit our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. 
And you can see our upcoming guests. You can download podcasts. You can listen to archived interviews. And you can write us emails about concerns that you have about privacy in your business or privacy in your own personal life. So thank you so much for joining joining us and hope you'll join us next week. Thanks. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.